Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Would you stand for the reading of the gospel of Jesus Christ? May he be in our thinking, in our speaking, and in our hearts. The Gospel according to St. Matthew. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole world stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. They sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away that which is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Did you get your critter? Okay. All right. Well, Andrew, I'm, I'm trying something here. So uh, we're, we're recording. So uh, other audio, video. So uh, we'll give that a shot and see how that goes. Um, so good to see each of you. Uh, when I came in, you know, when I got my mask on and, and my ab, I feel like Dr. Bombay or some, someone up here. But uh, uh, looks like a surgeon on, on the way for emergency room. King Duncan tells a story, and I'm sure he heard it from someone else, uh, about a Sunday school teacher who have been teaching about how God created Adam from the dust of the earth, a little boy in class who happened to be the pastor's son said with alarm, you mean I'm made out of dirt? And his teacher responded, well, yeah, in a sense. And he thought for a moment and his eyes got wide and he thought, well, you know, my mama's not going to like that one bit. So 
I'm not going to tell you a dirt story. I'm going to, uh, or tell you a dirt story, but not a dirty story. We um, hear the, from the scripture and hear the music from Gail, our uh, wonderful musician this morning, open our ears, open our eyes, let us see, let us hear. And that's what we want to hear is what God has to say to us. I want to say that when we preach and when we teach the scriptures, and especially you might notice that what does Jesus do most of the time? What kind of teaching does he do? He, parables, that's exactly right. So Jesus is always telling stories, and so many people try to take those stories literally every time. And, but Jesus told stories to make a point. And so it's up to us to pray and ask God to give us uh, a word, to give us some understanding as to what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was a great observer of the world around him. He observes uh, things, and then he comes up with parables. And so today's uh, parable, it appears in all three of the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it suggests that it's something which we ought to pay attention. So we heard how the farmer went to sow and how he got out and uh, put seeds on different kinds of soil. And I want to talk to us about good soil, not so good soil, and bad soil. But we're going to start in the reverse and talk about the bad you know, uh, I know all of you heard of Johnny Appleseed, right, when you were growing up, and he went, there was really a Johnny Appleseed. His name is actually John Chapman, uh, and he went around and threw uh, seeds around and planted uh, apple trees, and he became a legend for that. And we know that a lot of you all grew up on farms, and you knew that you had good soil. Some was better years than others, and uh, some places, you get down South Georgia, you see uh, richer dirt than you see this red clay up here. <laughs> and uh, so the kind of soil that you use and, and then the uh, planting in the right way. I, I know when I go down and I see all these tractors now that have air conditioning, you know, they're covered and they have, even have GPSs in it, but they still don't move any faster on the highway for some reason. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the... But they are a lot cooler and more comfortable, I'm sure, than trying to ride one of those old tractors or standing behind a mule. Uh, my mom used to talk about they would let her uh, do everything but plow when she was a kid, but they made her do everything else out in, in the uh, um, farm. So God is not so much efficient with with the planting, uh, planting as we see here, as he is generous. And that's something for us to remember, that we're not really talking so much about literal seeds, but we're talking about God's grace, how God spreads God's grace to the world, and how that grace is multiplied, and how that grace... Uh, it's multiplied through us, and God's blessings are multiplied, and what uh, our bounty, you might say, is multiplied or not multiplied, or how we grow. 
God may not be efficient with his grace, but one thing I found, that God is certainly generous. God is generous with God's grace. He scatters us all over the place. And the seed is sown. And in, it's up to everyone in this world, and it's, a, it's available to everyone. So in a sense, we're all dirt. Just what kind of dirt are you? You remember at, at uh, Ash Wednesday when I put the ashes on your head? What do I say? Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall what? Return. Repent and believe the gospel. That's us. We're all dirt. We're not all dirt in the same. God's grace is available to everyone, but not everyone responds the same way to God's gracious action. And because God gives us the freedom to decide our destiny for ourselves, he doesn't force himself on us. Now, there are those who believe in irresistible grace that... Uh, that God chooses the elect, and if you respond, then you've been chosen. Uh, you know, folks have been arguing over that a long time. But we as Methodists believe that God's grace was imparted to all, and it's up to us to decide what we're going to do with God's grace. So that's going to have a lot to do with how you, what kind of dirt you are. If you're uh, a particular kind of dirt, you may not respond as well. So, what kind of crop? How are you going to bloom? First of all, there's the unbeliever or the agnostic or even those who say they're atheists that say they don't believe in anything. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom of God and doesn't understand it, the, the evil comes and starts telling us that there's nothing to it. And before you know it, those seeds are taken away. But did you know that there are folks that say they're agnostic or atheists or whatever, that they'll spend, do you know there's a $2 billion business in the world for tarot reading and, and, and going to palm readers and and what have you, those who say they believe in nothing seek after nothing and really get nothing. Isn't that kind of sad? So, it's a dry season. So Jesus says that you go on the path and people hear the gospel and don't understand or they really don't want to understand. Do we want to open our ears? Do we want to hear what God has to say to us? So you got the hardcore, those who don't want to believe anything, those who say there's no way that there can be a God, that there's no way that there's anything beyond us because we simply what? Can't see it. If you can't see it, you can't touch it, whatever, then it doesn't exist. And then we have those that have the seed that falls on the ground and it springs up pretty quickly. How many of you know what morning glory is? 
You know, we used to consider that just a, a troublesome weed. Now they actually sell it in stores for, uh, for you to put out and for beautification. But why do they call it morning glory? In the morning, it blooms and it's really beautiful. But by the evening, very often it's withered away. Some folks hear the gospel of Jesus. They come to church or they hear the, the seeds planted in their life and they're quick to respond. They move out really quickly. You know, I've said often, if everybody had stayed at the church that had joined the church since I've been here, this room would be full today. They come and they go and they get, get really going quickly and then what? You never see them again. Put the pandemic aside, I mean in normal circumstances. I've seen that all my life. There are folks that get really excited at first, but they don't get rooted. And I think I talked about that a little bit, that we uh, folks don't seem to have a foundation or they want to go completely on emotion or somebody hurts their feelings or someone says this or someone says that. They're blooming first and want to do everything, but it's not long to the withered. That's the second kind of seed that's planted and it sprouts up really fast and then it's those that will take root but what happens all of a sudden folks get distracted i think that's the season in which we live right now that we're distracted Oh, there's a lot of things to be distracted about. We have politics. We have uh, things going on uh, with, with different movements. We have pandemics. We have uh, this opinion, that opinion, elections, and even within the church issues. And everybody gets distracted. And life becomes an obstacle. And they forget what the real prize is. What is our purpose as Christians? Yeah, we take root. We're not just morning glory, like you know some of those uh, baseball players down in, uh, in in spring camp. They do great, you know, and you get them out there on the field in the, in the season. I don't know if we'll have a season this year or not, but uh, they'll all of a sudden they're not all so good in the long run. And I think that that's the way we are. We might be okay in the long run sometimes, but we'll get distracted by the things of this life. People get distracted from their job with their jobs. They get distracted with their families. They get distracted on how to use their time. I, I know I'll get in trouble for this, but I don't believe that we... I have a real problem with having all of these... Uh, uh, games for kids on Sunday and requiring them to be there. And parents will choose that, unfortunately, over church. When I say games, you know what I mean? Like, gotta have that practice, gotta go, uh, you know, the soccer game, the whatever on Sunday, and go wherever they're gonna be. And then they're not committed to the church as much as they should be. So we have to choose when we, when we uh, make those decisions. So 
We can be hardcore, just say we're a non-believer. We're not going to believe any of it. We look at, you know, it's, it's just nonsense. Look at all those hypocrites. Look at all the wrong that's been done in the name of God. And there's been a lot of wrong done in the name of God and in the name of church throughout uh, the century and in the name of Christianity. And still wrong is done, and that distracts people. But then we have those that they get a little taste of religion and, and, and they start feeling better and they, they, they feel like they found what they need and then they bloom and then they're gone. They wither away. And then there are those who take root and somewhere along life, all the obstacles, it's just like many marriages and relationships that together for a long time, and all of a sudden, there's an obstacle. We have obstacles. We could give up right now, couldn't we? We could say, we just can't take this anymore. But are we going to be so distracted that we're going to stop being the church, stop being the kingdom? Or are we well-rooted and not be distracted, not wither away? I think we want to be that good soil, don't we? We want to be that rich, good earth that you can get your hands in and, and, and play in and, and, and feel the good earth, so to speak. And uh, Andrew, I saw you posted some of your uh, little garden you've been putting out there and you found somewhere good in your backyard or to, to put some uh, cucumbers and zucchini and tomatoes and different things that I think I've seen. How many of you do that? Well, you do? Okay. Oh, good, good. Oh, yeah, you've always got a big garden. Uh, you And i got a farm out there. So, uh, I, I, I grow good weeds. But, <laughs> but uh, <coughs> not weed, but weeds. <laughs> but, but uh, I used to be pretty good at, at flowers and what have you, but far as fruit and vegetables, just never have been very successful with it. And, and so, but that good seed, that good ground, are we going to allow distractions to do us in? You might remember the Pareto Principle. It says that in every group, 20% will do 80% of the work. Twenty percent will do eighty percent of the work. You think that's true in the church? That's pretty much par for the course, isn't it? Usually there's about a good twenty percent of the folks that do all the work. Now how do you get everybody else to do, do their part. Well, we got to make sure they get some fertile soil and get watered and cared for. What makes a good garden? You have to really pay attention to it. Do you ever get frustrated with it? Do you, do you feel like you're just forever pulling out the weeds and forever having to till around it and put fertilizer in and water some more? It's difficult, but you never know what little word that you may say or what little thing that you may do 
in someone's life is going to make the difference in the long run. There's a story in the book entitled Second Calling by Dale uh, Bork. And Bork writes that years ago she attended a publishing uh, conference and a friend named Bruce offered her a ride to the airport. And they were about to leave and the doorman asked uh, if they could take on another passenger in their car because the hotel shuttle was broken. And so the guy got in and, and they were talking about where they were going and somehow they were talking about something that had happened years ago and she started telling that she had written all these books and the gentleman in the back seat, you know, he said, I'm the one that gave that workshop that you're talking about 20 years ago. And I thought that was my worst thing that ever happened in my life and I would have no future and it would just was a total failure. But she was moved by what he said and wrote all these Christian books and had been doing all of these inspirational things for all these years. Good soil, good seed. You never know what little word that you might say or do, what tune you may play, what song you may sing, what smile you may give to someone. What, well, we're not doing a lot of hugging now, but you know, distance hugging or, or, or some kind of encouraging word that will make the total difference in someone's life. You never know, you sow a small seed into someone's heart, you might reap a harvest that is a hundredfold. You allow the Lord of the harvest to show a small seed in your heart that is a seed multiplied through the people you touch. <coughs> and who knows where that will end. So where are you today in today's parable? I doubt that any of us are in that hardened path, or we certainly wouldn't be here today, I don't think. Everyone here is a believer. You wouldn't be in worship if, if you were hardened. A few of us may be among the morning glory group. Uh, we, we spring up real bright and fast, and then we kind of wither down. Sometimes we lose a little bit of our religious fervor, but deep in our heart, we'll miss it. And so I suspect that many more are among the distracted. We're all so busy. We stay at home so much now, and, and like someone was saying, we're, we're, we're on edge because we're all so distracted. And we, we, we get... Uh, maybe a little grouchier than we normally are. Or people get on our nerves a little bit more. And we watch news and we see all the things that are happening and we hear all of these different opinions and we go from one group to another group and we're trying to figure out what's what. And so many are desperately lonely and some are afraid of what's going on in their lives or where will all of this end and how will it affect us? Some people are guilt-ridden and some are, say are afraid that something is missing in our lives and deep down in our heart we know what it is. It's a living relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I tell you just the other day, 
I was there at home, and, and, and I don't know really how to explain it. I had all of, uh, I was thinking of people who had gone on in my family and, and whatever, and, and you know, I really felt the quickening of the Spirit in my heart that this life is temporal, temporary. And what we do and how we live and the way we treat people is what's going to live forever. And not only that, we're going to live forever in another place. And I believe that with all our hearts. Do I say that we should just give up and not do any good in this, in this life? No. We should be in good soil, planting good seeds, but not forget that there's something beyond this. And the reason we do what we do is to help our brothers and our sisters and our neighbors in this world. But we don't give up just because the whole world don't dance to our tune. And we never know who is watching, who is listening, who is being moved in their lives. And guess what? I bet every one of you can think of things that someone said to you somewhere along your life. It may have been your mom, your dad, your grandparents, a neighbor, or just someone on television or someone on the radio or someone at work that gave you some inspiration and you've never forgotten. It may have been a teacher in school. That person put seed on good ground, good soil. You were good dirt then. And that is deep down in your heart. And just remember, no matter what people say about God and what people say about faith or what people say about Christianity or about Jesus or whatever, God is God and God doesn't need us to defend God because God can take care of God's self. What God needs for us to do is to tell others what God has done for us. And not be distracted or just a quick, the other night watching the fireworks, I was looking at some of those fireworks, they were, they were up, pop, gone. That's not what we're about. And it seemed like it was going to be that way all week, but they were continuously doing it. But those fireworks, they're up there and they're bright and they shine and then they just... That's not good soil. Distractions can lead us away. But what really lasts is that faith within us, that hope within us, that word within us, that seed within us. May God make that part of us. Will you stand and join with me in the historic confession of our Christian faith, the Apostles' Creed? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and forever shall be, world without end. Amen and amen.